pleasure to be here at the news once again. And we have live audience, yes. I'm, I'm seeing before me Pastor Paul. Hello, Pastor Paul. And of course, Rene is here and Aishol is here. And um, well, I can't call everybody names. But we have a few of us who are here fellowshipping together at Good News once again. And bless the Lord. Oh, yes. And of course, the scripture does advise us that we should fellowship one with another. Forsake not that assembling. But the days lead well. He was among people. So we know that he's in the house. Brother Christosom, happy to have you. And of course, now I found that my interview went a little longer than the rest of people own. Um, Ronald, uh, that was fun. That was fun. Thank you so very much. Whose ever idea it was to incorporate the children with the elders in terms of before those sermons in the This Is Us series, that, that, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. You know, I, I, I strongly advocate uh, that the, the young people is not the future of the church. They are very much part of the church now. And, and the fact that we are reflecting, this is us, and, we, and doing that introspection, and that we are incorporating them into the, into the whole series. I thought that was a beautiful um, thought, and the fact that it came to fruition. Yes, thank God for that. We, we are, of course, as was announced, Church 7, now this year, this is us, the seven churches. I look in the mirror, and we just want to acknowledge those who would have participated, those who would have um, spoken before and today we are at that conclusion of the This Is Us series. I just want to re-emphasize this, this is not a historical um, research paper. This is, we are not going to do research uh, on Laodicea. It is a This Is Us introspection. It is a look in the mirror and how does the messages of the seven churches relate to us today in good news um 2021 and all this COVID um things that's happening around us how does that relate to us how is it relevant to us and so we want to have that kind of perspective that kind of introspection and so today our we'll have to reference of course revelation 3 if we're going to talk about our this year but our reference points that we want to use today in terms of Romans 4.23. And I, I just want to say, um, the, the last part primarily, but it says in full, And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. And this is what we're going to, For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So I've entitled our... Our caption for today, like luster, last days, Laodicea. Like luster, last days, Laodicea. Just assume a posture of prayer with me as we go to God. Our Father, today we have come and we're asking that you speak to us. So whatever I say, O oh God, may it be that you are speaking through me to all of us. And may we hear. And then... May we move beyond being hearers and be doers. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, this year is, of course, a church. We don't have to convince you of that. You are fully aware of that. It's, 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 now, this year speaks to a church at a time. So it is a time. And, of course, we, heard the, we saw the video before. We viewed it. We listened to it. So it's a time period that it is spoken of as Laodicean church. Then it is, of course, a specific location. It is indeed a literal, physical, geographical space. Uh, it occupied a geographical space. And, 
And again, we, we heard of that. Um, today it is known as Latakia um, in, in Syria. But the fact of the matter is, today we want to look at it and we want to um, take a look at Laodicea, not so much as a time, not so much as a location, but more a state, a condition. In Revelation, of course, um, Jesus did just as he did when he walked the earth. When he walked the earth, when he, when he attempted to give messages, what he did was, was he used experiences that, that, that was around the people, um, scenarios and scenes that, that the people were familiar with, and so he used those things to, to give his message. And so similarly, he's, he's speaking through John and using things that the people of Laodicea understood and could have acquainted themselves with. As we heard in the video, uh, Laodicea was, 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 was a wealthy place. Laodicea was a business uh, um, community. Laodicea did well, and the people were wealthy. Uh, also, the, the source of water that they had, they had the hot springs and they had the, the other um, in the valley location that they will had other sources of water. And indeed, um, lukewarm water was something that they knew about. They knew the taste. So when, when Christ spoke about they being wealthy and increased in goods and spoke about, um, described them as being lukewarm, all of those were descriptions that the people of Laodicea could have identified with. And so he was using those kinds of messages similar to what he did when he walked the earth. But the state of lukewarmness, the state of lukewarmness, And he went beyond lukewarm and he says that, said to the church that ye are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You know, when I was reading this, I became almost depressed because like Jesus wouldn't stop. You know, he just kept going on and on. Wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked and the ants just keep coming. And it, it, it reminded me, it reminded me of a, a mother who was counseling her son and said, listen, son, you, you're looking for a young lady. I recognize your reach of age, but let me tell you this. Um, if, you, if, you, if you see a young lady that you're interested in and, and she don't like to wash, that, that's okay. And, and if she don't like to clean, that's okay. And if she don't like to iron, that's okay. And if she don't like to cook, that's okay. And if she don't like to, and she don't want to work, that's okay. But you see, son, if the young lady don't want to wash, neither cook, neither clean, neither, that is our problem. Stay far from that lady. And, you know, if we have one, one X mark against us or two X marks against us, well, okay, we probably could live with that. However, Jesus just kept going on and on about Laodicea. You know, poor and wicked, well, blind and naked, wretched. But in this lukewarmness, what is the biggest problem of being lukewarm? I, 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 I am positing, positing today that the biggest danger of lukewarmness is the, that of misrepresentation. Misrepresentation. You see, people don't know who you are and they're unsure of who you are trying to be. Misrepresentation. I describe Laodicean as spiritual dwens. Now, I, I, don't know, I don't know if you know what a dwen is. 
but it turned that folklore and not sure if the rest of the Caribbean has the same folklore, but in, this, in, in that folklore, what you have is, is a, a child that would have um, died before, before um, baptism, and this child's spirit comes back in the form that, that the head is facing one way and the feet are facing the other way. So uh, when you see a dwen, you're not sure if the dwen going or if the dwen coming. And so lukewarmness creates that misrepresentation in a spiritual sense. When we profess to be Christians, when we profess to be a people of God, when we profess certain things in, with our mouth, but, but people are not sure whether we're going or we're coming, I describe it as spiritual dwens. It's misrepresentation. It is what lukewarmness does. We misrepresent the character of God. We misrepresent the church of God. We misrepresent what God stands for, his priorities and his goals and his objectives and his desires because we are lukewarm. The fact of the matter is God has called us in Matthew uh, to be the salt of the earth. We are called to be the light of the earth, the light of the world. We are supposed to provide that, that, that uh, preservation and that tastefulness to life. Uh, Christ says that we have come now, we have life and have it more abundantly. As Christians, that is what we are supposed to provide. The light of the world, we are supposed to show some sort of hope in darkness and despair. But in our lukewarmness, we misrepresent that light, that true light. On CNN, Don Lemon, I don't know if you know Don Lemon, not necessarily my favorite night anchor, but, but I listen. You know, I, it's news, so I listen to what, what is being proposed. One night, he showed a clip of a confessed Christian young woman. They were having a protest at, at a townhouse. And, and, and the clip that he showed, she was saying and advocating to the rest of people in the hall that we Christians need to colorful metaphoric stick together. That bleep, bleep, bleep that he had to... Um, and, and, and after the clip, Don Lemon made the comment. He says, so I didn't know that the word Christian and that language could have fit in the same sentence. Now, mind you, I'm not sure if Don Lemon is a Christian or not, but he's saying and asking the question in public, I didn't know that that language and the word Christian could have fit in the same sentence. The fact of the matter is, some of us do not use foul language, but there are people who are asking questions because our lukewarmness has made us spiritual dwens. So people are not sure whether or not what we do and what we say and the, and the concept of Christianity could fit into the same person. The way we treat other people, sometimes as a business owner, the way we treat the employees, perhaps as a brother and sister in church, the way we treat each other as husband and wife, sometimes we, the way we speak to other, the way children disrespect parents, the way we pass each other in the community. The, the, there, are, there are multiple ways in which we need to do some introspection because, because of our lukewarmness, because of our dwellism, People are wondering whether or not our actions or lack of actions and Christianity can fit in the same person. 
But beyond Venison, there's the next big danger. There's the next big danger. And that danger is that lukewarmness, we live in an illusion. We live in an illusion. The church of today is represented by the church of Laodicea. A church that says to the world, a church that says to the world, I am rich and I have become wealthy and I have need of nothing. I've become rich, says to the world. I have need of nothing. This is what we are saying to our world today. But we live in an illusion. We live in an illusion because Christ's description of us is far different from what we are, how we are describing ourselves. You see, like the rich young ruler of Matthew 19, um, 16 to 27, those of you who want to go and follow it there, Matthew 19, 16, 27 is that conversation between the rich, rich young ruler and and Christ now those are critical adjectives the rich young ruler he's rich so he is he, he's powerful he's young so there's a whole lot of potential he's a ruler so that he is powerful so there is potential there is power and there is possession and and, and so we come to Christ like the rich young ruler for commendations and for confirmation, not for redemption and restoration. And in that case, we live in that illusion that we have need of nothing. So we attend church services. We do Bible studies. We conduct family worship. We do all that we have to do, but we do it in the sense in which the rich young ruler came to Christ. See, now, now, we appreciate the fact that Jesus Christ uh, saved us, but, but, but we now have the attitude as at the lukewarm Laodicean is that, that that is in the past. We have gone past that now. We have, we have come of age. We are now the repositories of, of all the knowledge that people need. So we, we want the podium to preach to tell them. We participate in Sabbath school lesson study to teach them. We conduct crusades and Bible study to correct them. Because we have no lack. Well, at least that is known to us. The truth is, we are spiritual dwens. People don't know if we're going or if we're coming. The fact is, the richness of Laodicea is part of our challenge. I mean, we, we, we have nice churches. I mean, we have so many churches. I mean, after all, we are rich and increasing. We, we, we have a structure that is second to none. We have hospitals and schools and universities and, and, and centers of influences. We, we have all these things. And, and, and of course, there is nothing wrong with the possession themselves. We are simply saying that the reliance on those things is what Christ is speaking to us about. You see, that richness, the use of money as the medium of exchange, it is the source of our empowerment and confidence. The supplier of resources. So we no longer pay for, or we no longer pray for, what we could pay for. 
we, 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 have, we have given up the reliance on God and we are now dependent on our resources. So we see our academic certificates. We see our house and our cars, our skills and our jobs. No longer as gifts for ministry. They are simply professions and means of avoiding our being in lack. They are the great Babylon that we have built. Somehow we, we have come to think that all our academic achievements is based on our hard work. And all the professions that we have created is out of diligence. We have developed a reliance on God's means of provision to the extent that we have clouded out our reliance on the provider. The real challenge is, is not the possession of the provided, but it is the dependence on it. And I say, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. We are found in Romans 14.3. Now, based on the attached dependence, we have sidelined the things of God and the things for God in pursuit of the provided. Perhaps a few samples that we can use, right? Locally. For those of us who are Trinidad and Tobago, you know, I, I, when Gate came along, now that's a blessing in itself, you know, now that we have a lot, of, out of it, we have a lot of persons who are uh, some Adventist doctors and lawyers and parents were able to send children to school and some adults went back to school who would not have afforded that kind of opportunities. So that's a blessing, in, uh, of course, that God would have granted. The fact of the matter is, though, everybody went back to school and suddenly nobody had time to go service. Everybody tired. So Sabbath, school started to dwindle. People tired because they're studying, they're working and studying. Nobody take, takes up, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but, but the number of persons willing to take up posts now, dwindling. Because they're studying. And I, I'm saying, while self-care is important, we must be very careful that in pursuit of the provided, we are not neglecting the provider. As Laodicean lukewarmness has caused. Then we have those who have become professionals. So we are now professionals. So suddenly... We can no longer identify with, with the simple. Suddenly, our professionalism, we can no longer identify with the things that are mundane and regular. So everybody has to invent something. Everybody has to come up with a new theory, some new thesis. So, and we study ourselves out of heaven. Professionalism. Now, now, we won't want. We don't want to identify with with such mediocrity. We don't want to make contributions. I have heard. I have heard people said, "I I work so hard for my money. They want to tell me how to how to use it now. I work so hard. Uh, they, where were they when I was burning the midnight oil to get my certificates?" Now that I got my good job, uh, they, 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 
I've heard those kinds of comments. Now, now, now mind you, I understand that we all have to save for the, for, for the rainy day. and we have to, But the fact of the matter is, we, we, we have, if this is being done and if this is being said in the context of lack of reliance on, 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 on God's ability to provide for us, but we have to seek to provide for ourselves whatsoever, wherever there's a lack of faith, there is sin. So another form of dwenism. Now I'm not sure if that's a word, but it's, it's, it's part of the sermon. It's, uh, another form of dwenism. It's, it's a lukewarmness combined with the re re receptories um, syndrome. It's that of apathy. I say we have sought spiritual things to the extent that we have now cared less for people. You see, I, I, I want to go to the biblical incident of Acts chapter 20, 7 to, 7, Acts chapter 20, verses 7 to 20. And again, we wouldn't read it for, for, for want of time. But here is the story of Eutychus. Paul is visiting the people and Paul is preaching. Now, I have no problem with preaching. Pastor Paul is here. Uh, Pastor Moses is here. Uh, so I have no problem with preaching. I, I enjoy listening to the, those both guys preach. You know? uh, but here is Paul preaching three stories up. And Eutychus goes and sits on the window. Now, 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 window is a place that's Again, like Dwen, you're not sure if you're in or if you're out. You see, you're on the window. But, but, but not only is Eutychus sitting three stories up on the window, Eutychus is falling to sleep. Not only is he falling to sleep, but Eutychus fell asleep. But, but Paul is preaching, and everybody's preaching, listening to Paul preach. And I, I'm not, again, knocking preaching. I'm simply saying, however, there are times, folks, we have to stop preaching and treat with the person who is in trouble. Eutychus is sitting on the window, falling asleep, fell out, died. You know it is then Paul stopped preaching? Now, I thought you could have taken the minute to stop preaching and wake up the boy before he fell. But we preach and we preach and we preach. We preach and we preach and we preach while people are sitting on windows and falling out. I'm saying there is a level of apathy that has come over lukewarm Laodicean people. That we are pursuing religious things which in, intrinsically are not wrong and bad in themselves. As a matter of fact, they should be pursued. But the fact of the matter is, we need to be careful that we are not pursuing things at the, ex at the danger of people. And so when Eutychus fell, they stopped. They went. Thank God, the Spirit of God was with Paul and he raised Eutychus. And... He went home alive. But I'm saying in a lukewarm state, we need to remove ourselves from that apathy. 
and be very conscious of people around us who are who are sick people around us who are in need people who are wrong us who need some comfort and a little positive word a little visit we need to be very careful that we are not ignoring people as we pursue our religious things the fact of the matter is though that all the ways that Laodicea is described, those were only descriptions. They are not prescriptions. I'm saying to us today, while Laodicea may apply to us, that is not something that God is saying should be and ought to be. He's simply pointing out how you are and, and, and he's in fact calling us that for that description, there is in fact a prescription. There is something that can solve that problem. He's saying, don't stay as you are. I'm telling you how you are, but the reason you go to a doctor for the doctor to tell you that you are sick is not for you to stay sick. It's for you to do something about the sickness. And so, Jesus is saying, I counsel thee to buy of me. Gold tried in the fire. That thou mayest be rich. That, the real richness. Richness that emanates out of the gold that comes from the, from the fire. You can get white raiments that thou must be clothed. And that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eyesalve that thou must see. Now all of these things are things that, that the people of Laodicea in fact experienced through their medical schools and so on that existed. So they know what Jesus was talking about. They, in fact, they had a special high school. So, so, so they, Jesus was speaking language that they could associate themselves with. He says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repent. Now, in the book Basic Christianity, written there is a description, a threefold nature of message. And in a short way, it says that to the sinful church, Laodicea, Jesus is saying, I know of your sin, repent. To a doubtful church, he's saying, I know of your doubt, believe. To a fearful church, he's saying, I know of your fear, endure. Repent, believe, and endure. That's a very relevant message for good news today. For anyone that's listening today, the fact of the matter is that we are all called upon to move from being lackluster, to move from being Laodicea into where God wants us to be. Unlike the money as currency, Christ uses the currency of grace. It is with grace that he calls us. It is with grace that he saves us. With grace that he keeps us. Grace is God's currency. This grace gives us access to him as a supplier of our faith, the true riches. Access to his righteousness that covers our nakedness. His grace gives us a clear perception of our condition outside of him. Grace, it keeps our thoughts noble and our aspirations appropriate. He invites us to discard our dwen status and project a clear and true identity. Oh, I remember one day, myself and deceased Pastor Murray, we were in Toronto. 
and we were coming back to Trinidad, we put on our Trinidad and Tobago t-shirt. You couldn't miss it. Red, white, and black. Bull! Shaped like the flag. And, and, and Pastor Murray had, had something he had bought for his, his niece and nephews to come back. And of course, that caused some extra luggage. And so that caused a little financial complications. And so, this young man came up and he says, Hey, Chinese. And so he identified us as Trinidadians simply because of what we were wearing. And as a consequence of that discussion, he told us that he was actually from Trinidad, now living in Canada. And what he did is he had a talk with the person who was in charge and so the luggage got on. But the identity was, was what caused all that to take place. Now, I'm not saying that every time you, you show your identity as Christians, that it will work out for you nicely. As a matter of fact, sometimes that will cause you to have some problems. The fact of the matter is the identity was clear. And, and, and what Christ is calling us today to do is to move from the dwellism and to have a very clear identity. Let people know who you are and whose you are and what you stand for. So, my appeal today as we it's for us to repent go to God and confess our sins and confess to one another it is high time good news if that there is something or someone that you know that is bothering you have a talk about it don't just walk around with it in your heart and in your mind and hope that somebody come and talk to you take the step it is what Jesus mentored. He took the necessary steps. And so we're asking you to repent. To believe, not believe that there is a God. We're asking you to believe God. Understand that God is true and faithful. That all that he promises he can endure and will in fact do. Distrust in God is the foundation to disobedience and disconnection. Don't just believe in God. Believe God. And endure. There will be challenges that we'll have to face. It is what the Christian life entails. Challenges will come. But challenges not beyond our overcoming. Because Christ has promised. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end. With every temptation, there is a way of escape that God has provided. So by grace, we look into the mirror. By grace, we would have moved from lackluster, lukewarm Laodicea. And by grace, we begin to live the life of the loyal leaders of the Lord cry. May this be our experience. Because by grace, it can be done.